what were you thinking with playlists and music exhaustion? You know, um, I don't know how you guys feel, but 2018 is becoming exhausting with music. Because mm. now that people can just put everything out, I try to keep up with a lot, but I'm failing every week. And I say it's, a, it's, it's good music, but man, like last the last couple of days, what Chance, Dram, the Internet's album came out. Yeah, I found it's out like about two, that one by three accident. other buddies' album came out. Like some of it, like I've been fine if I just had the albums on Friday. <laughs> but it was like I will go to the movies, and then I come home and I'll be like. What do you mean, Dram putting out an EP? Like what? <laughs> y'all, come on, y'all. Like, and I do think it's connected to streaming and playlists because that matters so much more now. It's becoming more important than radio play, mm-hmm. more important than videos. Um, I, I, th- it's, I think it's starting to become just as important as uh, as touring. Oh, that's interesting. Hmm. In like what's I mean I guess we can go into it <laughs> yeah because I was wondering like in what sense because I feel like they don't make as much money but I did hear about how um, it's the guy that does that that does that song um, that I really like I'll think about it but he uses like his manager uses some algorithm to figure out who streams his music the most and bases his tours off of those locations oh yeah that's smart yeah yeah it's the it's the um you know like back in the day i guess with the with the radio i'm speaking just from stuff i've you know listened to and read it's like you would know where the tour because of your relationships with you know the radio the radio stations program directors and djs but now because of you know the streaming and analytics, just like you just said, Jamila, uh, you can you can see exactly where your songs are getting the most play. Because I don't know if you ever looked at artists on, let's say, on Spotify, since it's the it's still kind of the king globally. It'll show you where artists is most played at, just as a regular user. You'll see like, oh, this place plays them the most. So. Between that and there was a, um, something that ha- changed this week is that now artists and managers who have uh, Spotify artist accounts can now put up unreleased songs to be added to playlists. So they could put it up, put in the metadata, and then all the playlist editors see it. And they could choose to take whatever these songs are and just add them. So it cuts out the user rollout of songs. So, like, maybe you had some stuff you were just keeping. Maybe stuff that wasn't even cleared or something yet. And they could just put it out there. Yeah, what do they, what do they get out of doing that? Um, I think it because right now, the Billboard charts in the RIAA, the numbers in which something just seemed a success and its chart placement is now not at all really based upon sales. Is based upon streaming numbers, and right now the bulk of the streaming numbers, still some a lot of them come from YouTube plays, but there's I think a lot more weight on streaming plays. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. So that's the reason why like Drake debuted platinum because Nice for What had like a hundred million streams already, or all these things all have streams. So sometimes when things come out, like with SoundCloud, when you used to listen to a SoundCloud song, and then it will come out later, all that stuff still counts already. Mm. I didn't know that. Yeah, because they changed the rules, right? So when they changed the rules, songs that had previous streaming numbers count. So even if they released it as a Lucy, right? You just put a song up. Because that was the one thing SoundCloud had over Apple Music and, and Spotify. You just put a song up on SoundCloud, right? Everybody listens to it. But now, because they changed the rules, it counts. The biggest audience is on Spotify and then Apple Music. So if you if Spotify is changing its rules, it's kind of taking a certain factor away from releasing things on, let's say, YouTube or SoundCloud. So if, let's say if you did just randomly put a song out there, and they put it directly, not even just on your artist page, right? So when you just put it up and you're like, oh, the new song is out. If you just, if they just took it and before it even read on your your page, it went instantly to like rap caviar, right? You can have like a top 20 rap single, which could make you a top 20 single period instantly, like from jump. Because everybody who listens to Rap Caviar, which is in like the millions, right, instantly gets it gets the most play. It's like that's the one that's that is the playlist driving the music industry, at least in America, and maybe I think most of the Western world. Because I think Rap Caviar is the hottest playlist, period, like anywhere. That's he who controls Rap Caviar. <laughs> right now runs music and that guy used to work for Apple Music and then changed to Spotify because yeah. the guy who used to run it in Spotify then moved to YouTube Music because <laughs> Lear Cohen saw him out wow and do you think that's why people are releasing just so much music the way they are now yeah because you don't have to worry about buying things hmm See, I think the old model, especially the model that we grew up in, right? Um, a song would be put out. It would get radio play, right? Um, sometimes, yeah, sometimes it would come out with the radio first, right? You, you hear a song on the radio, and you'd be like, oh, that joint is dope. It's fire. Then you might hear it in the people's system, or maybe, let's say, with rap, things change a couple times. Like, it might break in the strip club first, then it hit to the DJ's. Eventually it goes to the radio and it gets huge. Mm-hmm. And then the album comes out. But nobody's buying music of a certain age. The bulk of their main demo don't buy music. So if everything streams, they just need to put more music out. If you put more music out and you get a little buzz by your fans, the playlist editors is going to add you to a playlist. And the playlist, especially the hot ones, is what you're going to get you the spins... Which is going to build up your tours because you're like, yo, look at my analytics. I'm mm-hmm. popping right now. You show that to the tour promoters and the venues and they be like, yo, yeah, he got, he got numbers. These people going to come in. Boom, bow. That's how everybody's getting paid. 
Mm, it was Goldlink, by the way. Um, oh, that was the musician? Yeah, his I think his manager kind of looks at the analytics and um, bases his tours off of that. Um, for Spotify specifically, I think. I wonder, do, do you know if Apple Music gives that kind of data to musicians? I feel like yes. they don't. They do? Oh, that's good. We they have they have a they have a um they have a version of Apple Music and Spotify we don't see. Mm-hmm. I would love to get my hands on that one. I would love to see it just to see what it looks like. They got a tools. There's a tools version of Apple Music website. You got to dig deep into um Apple into the Apple website cuz that's how I kind it's how you can put that um that playlist you know like the widget that shows you like that you can put on websites mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that has the actual list instead of just putting up a link. You can put up like a whole little widget. People get played. They can look at the whole thing. It's in there. It's like a lot of stuff going on in there. Like it's a lot of there's a lot of stuff, and I haven't seen it all. It's just I like to read about the music industry now. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of how there's um like data driven sports decisions. Mm-hmm. Where it's not like, yo, we need to like hire Michael Jordan. It's like we need to hire a point guard about this height who can do this for this long. Mm. Um, yeah, and there's ball. like a baseball version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know anything about baseball, so I can't speak to that. But it's kind of like working the system to get maybe not as much as you used to, but still like a solid chunk. Yeah, it's really trying to really learn your audience. Mm-hmm. So it feels like um, it's like the complaint we always we well in the in the comics world right mm-hmm. how like we knew the numbers and blah 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 this that and the third and and then people try to say like it doesn't work that way it doesn't work that way and then you look at all the other entertainment industries it's like but they do it in music and TV <laughs> they do it in TV because that's how like Netflix knows exactly what you want to watch because it looks at the analytics mm-hmm. that's why 18 that's why at&t made that big statement about how it's going to kind of change H, HBO, uh, hbo and pushing more content and it's like oh this is the downfall it's like that's a telecommunications company like they know they get you make analytics you see what your audience wants you put money into it mm-hmm. you get more viewers music because they got hit with the stealing the pirating first so they've been trying to build itself back up Probably the longest. Yeah. And I think that, like, I kind of worry about that sort of thing a little bit because I feel like when you start doing what your audience wants, that kind of kills innovation a little bit. Yes. Like, if you look at, like, comic books are are a good example. Superhero comic books, I mean, because, like, they had the numbers and their choice was to, like, oh, we're losing readers. Let's just cater to, like, this last 50,000. And the result is, like, superhero comics that nobody wants to read exactly except like those people like you can't really grow yeah off of that yeah i guess with the weird thing with music is especially with rap right now it i think it actually explains the way the music sounds and the why the artists look like they do like the weird thing with everybody having a little name uh like everybody hair. having tattoos Weird hair, um, tattoos on their face. Yeah, somebody on Twitter said they all look like Batman Beyond villains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do. 
they look at Batman Beyond Villains or they watch a hell of a lot of anime. Yeah, like, probably, probably both. Probably both. <laughs> it's it's funny, but it it's also interesting because I think a lot of these artists are also like Mexican American, but I don't think no one's really talking about it. I know Takashi is. Takashi is. Little Zan is. Um, little Pump is. Uh, maybe that little Sky Kid. Yeah, I didn't uh, know that. Yeah. I got hip to that. I was like, because I, I felt away. I was like, all oh, these little white kids running around calling themselves little this and that and rapping. And then I learned, I was like, oh, shit, they all Mexican. I thought was Puerto Rican. I just oh, also assumed that is. he wasn't, he wasn't um, white because he's I, from New York. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just assumed that. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. he's Puerto Rican. But... Yeah, that's he half. He half though. He half both. I think he's half Mexican, oh. half Puerto Rican. Oh, okay. My Puerto Rican, my Boricua senses were tingling then. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's like he's not. They're like none of them are white at all. I think Little Peep was the only like white boy in his music. If you really think about it, he was just he was just making emo songs. He just had tattoos on his face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like how kind of what you're saying. Um how it's given people like more opportunities to like find their audience like that's cool and i wonder if that's only possible because music is such like a big thing in our culture compared to comic books or even like regular books um yeah um i think in a lot of ways music is so important um to people's lives in terms of coping mm-hmm. you know uh the frequencies the thing the way music works is so it touches people so, um, I'm not always the biggest fan of the lack of gatekeeping or how it's completely changing, how it kind of democratized and lost its structure. But there's something to be said about, let's say, Golink. Golink is a DC area artist, right? Um, DC area music artists rarely hit the mainstream. Um, it's been a lot of years where I've seen DC area artists not go anywhere outside of DC. So, Gold Link's success to me is very interesting because he also makes music you wouldn't think about from a DC area artist. It's very house like, very dance, different type of melodies. He can still rhyme. He can still rap. I rap a lot of people. He was able to catch on this wave and work out with these other artists like Katrinata and 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 others and like really get a nice foothold that he's you know, he's a, a good up and coming. And I think if they didn't have these resources to say, Oh, they're really liking my stuff here, let's go here. Since, you know, re- record deals are kind of trash for the most part. Like people ain't really getting no money like that. Because of the way streaming works, so you get like uh, a fifth, a hundredth of a cent per stream or something. Yeah, that the tour is very important. So figuring out exactly where they could go, they can really get this money, is great. I do think that because of the way the young, the youth works, is is that they'll see like, oh, if I want to be hot, I need to do X, Y, and Z. And partnering that with, let's say, Instagram, especially maybe we don't know how Instagram TV is really going to affect a lot of things. 
things might become a little bit even more homogenized, not from the record industry, but just from the new kids. Like, it, like the machine won't have to make them all sound the same. They'll make themselves all sound the same. Mm-hmm. That is that is the worry I have. I remember in the 90s when, um, I don't know if you all heard the same rumors I did, but Ja Rule came out and everyone was like, oh, it's DMX's cousin or little brother or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I thought they was related. I don't think I heard that. Yeah. Um, and I think about that a lot because it's kind of the music industry trying to find the next DMX before the first one was off the stage. And I think mm. this could even make that even easier for people. But when like nobody wanted the next DMX, we wanted like the new hotness, which also just like happened to be powerful. It turned out. Yeah. That was a weird moment because I think a lot of them sounded. I think like he sounded the same. And DMX, they were from different places, but they were both, you know, through Def Jam. Mm-hmm. Irv Gotti was around. You know, they were supposed to be in this this group with Jay Z called like uh, Murder oh, Inc. Murder Inc. Yeah, they did like two label. songs. <laughs> and like, I just think it just happened to be the like DMX and Ja ended up sounding alike and coming together. But there was a time period that you really feel within music, especially within radios. They were starting to like push everybody that sounded the same. And I think radio kind of ended up killing themselves in a lot of ways because of the way they like a couple companies started buying up all the stations and they started forcing their playlists and mm-hmm. pay for play or whatever, how it works because of, you know, the way corporate structure and marketing and all that stuff goes. It kind of pushed it to this point. And I think people just wanted something else, right? Mm-hmm. And they just looked at, started looking to other people to like give them the music they want to hear. And I think that's probably where like how we got to the playlist era. Do you think? Because I think that's what it is right now. Do you think this is like a natural growth of the blog rap era or something uh, parallel? Because that was where I felt like music got really democratized. Like, if you put something out and you knew a dude who knew a dude, like, you were on Not Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I think, um, yeah, it is. Because all those people got bigger and better jobs. So they went from blogs to the magazine to essentially became blogs. Like, people weren't really checking Double XL ma- on the magazine rack, right? You were just like, you know, you go check to see who's writing on this on their site. Mm-hmm. It's so faster. It was just it's quicker. Yep. Um. So yeah, because I think a lot of these people who are making playlists worked in journalism. The ones I've seen, they've worked in journalism. Mm-hmm. So they already they already had relationships with the labels, relationships with managers, relationships with artists. So they get songs, and they get to have these meetings. And then they take it, and then they can put them on a playlist. Yeah. And now it just seems an overabundance of music coming out. Like, no one can keep up. Honestly, I was really looking forward to that internet album. Um, you mentioned it earlier, and I thought it was coming out, like, next week until I saw on somebody's phone by accident, like, on Friday night, like, the cover art. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was it came out, too, and I was like, oh, I want to listen to this. But I was still in the, like, 
um, that's a girl's name, Jam's new EP. Even though it's just three songs, I've played it so much yeah. that I'm like, oh, but I don't want to listen to anything new right now because I already got this new stuff in my system. Um, there is a lot, but something that, like when you're talking, Julian, about being worried about everything um, kind of sounding the same and everybody putting out, like there's no gatekeeping. I don't think it's bad because in the same sense of like, we have all these rappers trying to just become big and they follow the template of what's popular and trendy right now. They're still, they get to use the same avenues that other more sort of like unique artists get to use as well who don't have to get signed by like a big label to get their name out there so it's just like a lot more work I think for the listener to kind of sift through and discover more interesting kind of artists but I don't really see it as a bad thing it's sort of even with like comparing it to comics and like how Kickstarter gives people an avenue to create something and publish it without having to go through like a big publisher. Um, that means there's like more out there, there's less gatekeeping, but there's just more different stories. Doesn't mean they're all great, but I don't think that's bad because um, it's kind of mixing up what we've been used to. Um, yeah, I don't, yeah, it's a, it's a lot. There's a lot of littles, <laughs> a lot of little yeah. like SoundCloud rappers. It's hard for me to kind of like keep up with who I think is interesting, but I don't know. I don't think it's, I, I don't mind it. It's yeah, just like, I, I think the evolution of SoundCloud, ease of access to like become like putting your music out there for folks. Yeah, I just don't want, like, I feel like what you're saying is definitely true, but then like the super big labels have the resources to dominate that process anyway. Yeah, yeah, they do. So if we can keep it to a way to where like like true indie, you know, like up and coming people, you know, like teen rappers, teen whoever, can still get on without being drowned mm-hmm. out by whoever like Interscope 2.0 wants to put out. The interesting thing is I'm seeing is that um is the tech companies are getting into publishing. They're getting into um signing artists to publishing deals and giving them advances. Yeah, I mean like Chance is signed to Apple Music, right? Or made he, a deal no, with Apple Music? He made a deal for that specific mixtape. Mm. Oh. But um, they're starting to actually put in, like Spotify just did it, Apple Music did it. Because like, publishing is key, right? That's like where the song is. The song publishing is where you make a lot of the money. Mm-hmm. So that, I think, is a is a real interesting moment because there's going to be a point where I think the labels won't be anything more than IP holding firms. So they'll break down a lot of the work of of artist management, uh, putting music out, helping and signing artists, and just hold on to the music that they have versus the tech companies who are getting so big into this, who are going to a rush for content so that you'll pay them to have their platform or their service, blah, 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 to them. It's like, I don't know if Columbia needs any more artists 
because well they're holding company Sony and Sony have all of Michael Jackson's music and a ton of the Beatles music they probably don't need anybody new <laughs> ever you know they also have Beyonce they also have like Beyonce Daft Punk Pharrell and plenty other new current artists and they have everybody that was on Epic everybody that was on I think LaFace maybe there's a bunch of things going on so they're at a point where the last three music labels left actually don't need to sign anybody new. They can just coast. They can coast off of the publishing of the old music because the streaming companies will still have to pay them because you're still going to want to listen to Thriller. People ain't going to stop wanting to listen to Thriller or any other old act. So the new acts might all be funded by the tech companies. And what's going to push the tech companies? Because then you really won't need radio. You just need these these apps. Hell, Apple already got their own radio station. I don't even like at a certain point. Like I don't even know. I don't even know why people even listen to the radio no more. I talk to I talk to people all the time, like at work. I mean, why do you listen to the radio? You got a phone. Yeah, but it just plays stuff. It's like, yeah, but so does your phone. Yeah, every time I listen to the radio nowadays, like I'll hear a couple songs I like, and then I'm like. I'd rather just like choose it myself. Yeah, it's always the same five songs. Yeah, for like two or you months. Get stuck in an OVO <laughs> tornado, and like that's yes. all you hear. Yeah. <laughs> Although I it is a tornado. If if it's not like Drake's own song, it's Drake on somebody else's song, like the, yeah. the little baby song, which I really like. I really like Pikachu. The wow, bitch! I'm a baby. Kills me. <laughs> it's so funny and stupid and good. But a oh, little baby. <laughs> so, how do you two survive <laughs> under this uh, deluge of music? Like, what do you? How are you finding new stuff? Oh gosh! How are you finding how good do I stuff? Find actually, good stuff? Uh, I don't. Honestly, it's like it's word of mouth. I think that's how I end up sifting through like something new to listen to or actually like discover weekly for Spotify is pretty good. Um, like it's the playlist that they kind of custom curate for you once a week based off what you listen to. I found some really good like artists on that. That's probably the one that's like the only thing not influenced by word of mouth or, you know, somebody telling me, Hey, check this out. Everything else is like, people I've already listened to before and their new stuff or if somebody's featured on a song and I'm like oh I like how they sound that's yeah I kind of let everybody do the work for me yeah <laughs> mine much. is at least like 50% Julian <laughs> <laughs> Julian's playlist yeah I feel bad well sometimes when I'm a week behind on updating like the seasonal one I'm like oh no people are relying on this I gotta really <laughs> sit down and listen like I got like that's why I think I, I go to a real talk. I would like that sounds like a great job, even though it's exhausting listening to that much music. Mm-hmm. Um, how do I? Okay, so I follow a bunch of music stuff on Twitter, right? So the Faders, this, uh, all like the like the big music organizations, and Instagram. I look at the stories. And then, like, you can tell what people listen to because of what they play in stories. You know, I have a nice 
big range of people I follow age range wise from like I think 23 till about 40 and especially the women more than the men will play music in their stories <laughs> um I keep Shazam on on deck on my phone mm. I'll be out I will turn that joint on I will lift my phone up in the air I'll be anywhere and I'm trying to get this song. <laughs> um, the guy that I said that used to run the, essentially the black music playlist at Apple Music and then went to uh, Spotify. I follow him on Instagram. He shares a lot of music. Like, if he's to me like this, if he's if he's sharing it, it's going to be major. Because he's putting it on the playlist. So I checked that. Do you think he's um, the tastemaker or does he have does he just surround himself with smart people? He's the head tastemaker with other young tastemakers around him. Okay. Cause I also got people younger than me at work. Uh you know, I asked them what they listen to. I'm I've been big on that for like the last like seven years. Like one of my mate one of my my coworkers, he's he's they're both younger than me. One is twenty two and one is twenty five. So he let me know what he's listening to. Like I ain't know nothing about Juice World till he talked about Juice World. Juice World ain't for me. But I know about Juice World when every all his stuff come out. I know about Hood Rich Pablo Juan, Trippy Rich. All those people I learned from them. Mm-hmm. Um there's a young coworker, like a new person, a young lady. I might get to know them just to find out they listening to. <laughs> <laughs> Not even that I'm being some like thirsty creep dude. Like like I ain't even trying to holler. I, I, I'm just trying to engage in some conversation. Like mm-hmm. yo, all right, what's what's on your phone? You know what I'm saying? What's in your drink? And now that um Apple Music added the the adding of people to yeah. like friends. Oh, bro, I'm just I'm creeping on people's playlists. I'm just looking at what they listen to. And then I'll just go some days. I'll just go through all the new songs on a Friday when I ain't got nothing to do at work. I just let it play. That's how I find out a lot of music. I'll just play. So I look at if a cover looks dope and it's in a genre I like. I'm just going to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Just for the speaker talk listeners who don't know about your playlist. Uh, what is it and how can we find it? Okay, you can find it. You can find me on Apple Music. Just search for Julian Lytle. At Julian Lytle. Um, they're seasonal, so it's Ignorant Bliss, like my podcast. And then it's like summer, you know, fall, winter, spring. They usually last, I don't change them at specific points. So summer starts at Memorial Day, ends at Labor Day. Playlist is already over three and a half hours right now. It's been a busy summer. That's a whole cookout. Yeah, it's going to grow because it's still just July. Got a whole like six weeks left of like of of songs. Like I haven't even added no internet songs that just came out. Um, you can search for me the same on Spotify. Um, if you find if you just find me on Instagram or Twitter, I have a link tree link that has a link to everything. So all my sites, but also my playlists are in there. And in the podcast, Ingrid Bliss, in the show notes, I always have the current up-to-date playlist in there. 
Like and that's professional man on the internet. Oh, <laughs> and even though I haven't done a bunch in the Patreon, I got other playlists. So like I made like a full Pharrell like R and B playlist. Like the joints that motherfuckers don't fuck with heavy. Like the like the like the B sides, the, the deep cuts. And I think I'm gonna do a Kanye West one on that too, because there's a lot of R and B joints that people forget. They just talk about rap. And it's like, nah, he had some bangers for Keisha Cole and Alicia Keys too. Like, don't sleep. What was his Alicia Keys joint? Um, you don't know my name. And oh. um if I could be your girlfriend. Okay. Sample that old Yeah, that's that's that earlier. That's that pink polo yay. That's pink polo yay. That's teddy bear yay. Um yeah, that the, uh, the he had a Keisha Cole song. There's a couple other joints real deep in there. It's like, yeah, he was on it. Like and hearing that Tiana Taylor joins, it's like, I'ma need you to go back and produce some songs for some more women. That would be good for you. There's a couple things that would be good for him. <laughs> there's a ton. Like, there's a lot of things. There's a, there's a lot, but yeah, like yeah, yeah, the, yeah. I I probably spend more time. I have to be honest. Comics Twitter makes me depressed with comics. So then I go delve into the world of music in the music industry. Mm-hmm. More fun, more open spaces. More free thinking. Oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> free thinking. Yes. Yes. Everything doesn't have to be a specific type of... People who let people rock. And they dress better. Oh, <laughs> That's true. Oh, we didn't mention Tidal at all, probably. But when I did have Tidal, um, their playlists were really good. I found a lot of new um, artists there. And I felt like what I would get on a title playlist I wouldn't necessarily like get on a Spotify or anything like that I felt like they're really showing me stuff I didn't know about I haven't really used it I don't have an account anymore and it's been a minute so I'm not sure if it's still the same but they have some really dope playlists especially for discovering new new um, artists yeah, I think they have more people involved more humans <laughs> more real people yeah I still have a title account uh they ha- I feel they have more humans involved. Spotify still feel the most robotic. Yeah. Outside of their their big playlist. I feel like their I, big playlist too even just have the same stuff, maybe like a couple different songs. Yeah. Like I don't go to their rap caviar often because it's barely diff- it's rarely different. I feel like it takes a couple months for it to be like, oh, I haven't heard this before. Mm. Yeah, because but, it, yeah. It the industry now. I think it's yeah. For it to change as much as it needs to change. Like I don't hear new stuff really on there as much as I feel like I used to. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I listen to their like daily playlist that they curate for me. Those are good. Like those are my go-to's. Those are the ones that Spotify makes for me. I think they do a good job of that. Like whatever their algorithm is, I think it's pretty good. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't listened to mine that much. I listen to uh, Apple Music does that too. And mm. I think it's really specific to me because you remember when when uh, iTunes added Genius 
way back in the iPod era. Oh, yeah. I, I mm-hmm. Look through your stuff and see what you play. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think it didn't become good until last year. Yeah, oh, it was wow. Terrible with, with, with the Apple music. music. Yeah, I never used it. <laughs> I, 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 I use the, the playlist they make for me now. Put together playlists that I think I would have made. Mm-hmm. Because it's going through my entire listening here history of iTunes and looking through my library, and my library is kind of deep. And it's putting together it's put together some joints. I had to take pictures of it, send the friends, be like, yo, <laughs> yo, yeah. this is a good job. I don't even that blend right it, that could that combination of tracks. I'm like, wow, you wow. How did you figure that one out? Jamila, do you wanna uh Pimp anything before we get out of here? Sure. Uh, I guess just what I'm working on. Um, you can go to watchdaycomic.com and jamilarouser.com. I'm Jamila Rouser on everything, basically. J-A-M-I-L-A-R-O-W-S-E-R. Um, and then back in the well, a few years ago, me and Jamar made two Straight Outta Gotham playlists on Tidal. So if you have Tidal, you can check those out. We got the King of July, Julian Lytle. <laughs> Playlist Don. Try to be. Yeah. Underground King, that's what I'm going for. <laughs> <laughs>